we know everybody in Cleveland loves a draft of any kind. Luckily for you, we've got three coming up for you over the course of spring training, starting today with building the best position player prospect we can out of souls from Guardians Prospects. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Uh, we're going to get started. We have a fun concept for today's show. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's jumping in. We had our biggest show in 10 days yesterday. Uh, saw a lot of our everydayers in the comments, like uh, DB Collins, John, let me know if that's not your name. I always want to say it's John because I knew a John uh, Fager in the past, and I, I don't think that's actually your name uh, <laughs> in here. Uh, Mike, I, and I want to call you Mike Pearl. I don't know if your name's Mike, but M. Pearl, uh, Dave Wendell, you know, it, it, Bruce, seeing Scott Hauser. So just going to do a quicker. Smokey Gator has been jumping in a bunch. Even with all of the junk I talk about Florida baseball, he is still jumping in and uh, communicating <laughs> with me. I believe he's the one whose insurance agent was uh, was someone who played for the team or was a draft pick, right? Didn't we have that conversation? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt yeah, Laporta, who now, who, that was. who now sells insurance to, or he's a realtor? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I can't remember what it, who that was. But uh, all yeah. of you, thank you. We appreciate every day, but it's great seeing um, the growth come back as we get closer to spring training, as we – have college baseball starting and as we talk about position tools in a team that weirdly minor leagues and again people get really obsessed with this that um about the the big the, the system doesn't have a ton of big tools we've discussed this this is why this draft is interesting um but it's not a bad system again find me a minor league system that could graduate Bo Naylor, Tanner Bybee, Gavin Williams, and Logan Allen, and still be in the top 20. There, there's not many of those. And yes, Maybe they're like 21, 22, but there's almost none that would have been there after graduating those four dudes. And and Will Brennan was, uh, he didn't have a great year, but he was a top 10 on almost every board as well. I mean, they graduated half of their top 10. Late, yeah. yeah. So it's it, it's, it, it was a lot of players that they had to move in and out this year. And uh, yeah, they I think there is still a lot of value in the system. There's a lot of fun names and we're going to get into that. Yeah. A lot of good debates to be had. Yes. For anybody, for anybody accused you of being negative. You did say that the system graduated a lot of, they, they moved a lot of good players through it. Like those are good prospects. Obviously the pitching ones we know, but you know, 21, they graduated Quan or, or 22, they graduated Quan 23. Naylor will graduate Manzardo this year at some point. So they are sending and- players through the system that are good. I know they didn't draft yeah. Manzardo, but. But for as much as people complain too, and listen, like, is it perfect? No, but like, oh, when's the last time they developed a bat? B- Bo Naylor. I mean, I know it was half a year, but Quan's got two years of at least league average data. Jose yeah. Ramirez was homegrown. And I know that was a bit ago. Francisco Lindor, homegrown. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just a barren hexcape. This isn't the Kansas City Royals minor league development here. You know, it's. 
it, is it perfect? No. Is the outfield situation never ending? Yes, but it's it's really not as bad as people want. No, the outfield situation is not good. But this I mean, is no why we wanted to do this. Like an all star last year, it just wasn't here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they they did come through the system. They just you know yeah. pulled the trigger. I mean, on a trigger. They did all the development here. Yeah, we'll talk about Juan Brito. I'm sure today at some point. So th- this is an interesting concept, though. I that we feel like is because, like you mentioned there are kind of a lack of impact tools in the system. Like, yeah, you've got a bunch of guys, as we talked about before, that have like 50 or 50 gra- 55 grade hit tools. And that's kind of what you're you're banking on. And then when those guys don't make it to 50 and end up being, you know, 45s, which for those who aren't familiar with the scouting scale, it's 20 to 80 where 80 is, I don't know. Is there any 80 hater, any 80 hitters out there? Is it Juan Soto or? According to Fangraph, Stephen Kwan had an 80 grade hit tool when he came up. Yeah. When we talk about hit tool, we'll have, too, but okay, like 80, 80 grade stuff is like you know, an 80 grade hit tool is Ted Williams. Like, I thought that was ridiculous, right? To see like, right. I like Quan, but don't get me wrong, it's like we're talking about the greatest hitter, yeah. like the the greatest hitters of all time. So, who are you putting in that group? Like, put giving anyone because yeah. that's the thing, too. I'll say it's like when I came up in this field back in my day, let me get my cane. Um, <laughs> you know, 15 years ago, you never gave 80s, like that was almost a rule. Like, you did now 80s grow on trees. People give 80s a lot. It's like, okay, they throw 99. It's automatically an 80-grade fastball. No, it's not because a fastball is not about velocity. There's movement, Go look at right, uh, yeah. a lot Josh Stalmont. It's like it, it, people get obsessed with that. You know, it's like he's got 80-grade power. Well, does he? Because he seems to not actually uh, hit the ball that hard um, except for batting practice. Like there, There's a lot that goes into things. It does. And I'm sure we'll get some comments too about how we draft power because, you know, raw power is one thing. Batting practice power is is one thing, but the actual usable game power is way different. And that's probably we'll have some philosophical debates and people probably get mad about who we take in those situations. So um, we both can't draft the same player or the same player tool. So, you know, one of us could have, you know, uh, Juan Brito's hit tool, but we can't love or whatever, like, you know, so once you take one player's tool of something, you can't take some. You can't take them there. Um, no repeats. So we'll just do a, a back and forth draft. And we did a random number generator. Jeff took odds. I and I was given evens, and it was an even. So I'm going to pick first. And we're starting with the hip tool. And we debated whether or not to include like patience and pitch selection and eye at the plate into all this because that does matter with your hip tool. I feel like, but it is it is kind of its own category because then you risk missing out on certain players that are good hitters because guys who hit 250, you would say aren't, aren't as guys who are hit good as 300, but you know, two guys could have a 140 WRC plus or whatever. And one could hit 250 and one can hit 300. And they like Louis, Louisa rise and Nolan Jones, right. They're getting, they're getting to it different ways that, you know, they don't have the same hit tool, but they have the same offensive value and it comes in different ways. So we decided to split pitch selection because you take both of those guys on your team. So, for hit tool, I also want to point this out too: is that you talked about you know someone putting an eighty grade on Stephen Kwan's hit tool, which I think is preposterous. I've also seen people put seventy grade hit tool on Ernie Clement in the in the past, mm-hmm. and people get confused with hit tool being contact versus being able to hit. Like it's great if you can make a ton of contact. I, like I just wrote up a scouting report on Christian Napsick today. It's going to be out tomorrow on my site. High contact and, guy. <clears throat> high contact guy, right? And you can sit there and say a guy makes a ton of contact. That doesn't make you a good hitter. It means you have good bat control, but it doesn't make you a good hitter. Those are two different things. Like 
if you're if you're constantly hitting 82 mile an hour ground balls to shortstop or second base, that's not good hitting. That's just putting the ball in play. That does not mean the same thing as being a good hitter. So to me, you have to be able to impact the baseball as well as make contact if you want to be considered a high grade hitter. Like I, I put a 45 on Napsex head tool because you know, could it be a 50? Maybe there's some things we heard about his data and all that stuff. But you know, it's just right now it's just a lot of contact, and that's you know a good preface to this this whole debate. So I think for for hit tool right now, um, I got to go with Kyle Manzardo. I think he is going to have the best ability to. I'm make, done. Uh, <laughs> Jeff left. He knew. I think you knew. You had to know. I think. Um, I think that he has the best ability to make contact, but also make quality of contact. So we're talking about a guy who could hit, you know, 270, 280, and also have it be an impactful 270, 280. And, and we're talking about hit tools. We could go out of order here. We don't necessarily have to go in in a specific order. These are just the ones we are pointing out. So if you want to take something that's more rare, feel free. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you're going to jump up and take hit tool with Manzardo, I think the guy where I believe in power is, is Ralphie Velasquez. Um, I know John Kenzie Noel has hit a bunch of home runs. Um, and there is a lot of power there. And it's he's my number two guy on here. But, like, he's also just not super effective. Like, Columbus is the ultimate hitter's park. And he couldn't, he wasn't even a league average hitter. And I get, you know, people will give me the whole thing. And he does have big time power. But, like, I believe Ralphie's is more of a valuable in-game power. I think it is one of those things that we're going to see contribute. I think it is is a power that is better accessed by the hitter. Um, Noel is, he hits a lot of home runs because all he does is swing for power. And he's either going to hit a home run or he's going to strike out. And that's all that guy does. Ralphie's is a little bit more tempered. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go Ralphie here. Maybe an upset doing that this early, but that's where I'm going. No, it makes a ton of sense. I knew Ralphie was going to go off the board pretty early for one of his tools. I mean, you could even maybe – it's unfortunate we haven't seen him yet. We'll see him this year, but you could even do that with his hit tool. I think we both agree the hit tool yeah. there is I – mean, that is the hardest thing to grade, too. Like, when you're talking about that that's tool specifically, I think that's where we have our biggest gripes with the Guardian system is that it is so heavily focused on guys' ability to make contact in their hit tool. So you're going for guys that are like 55, 60 hitters, but if it's so hard to judge, especially at the high school level – so if that tool doesn't pan out, you don't have anything else to fall back on. Like you might say, well, he's got a great glove. Well, that's great. But, you know, this is where I get frustrated with the number one overall pick talk is that everyone says, well, defensive value, positional value. And I'm like, well, that's great. But if I'm picking number one overall, like I said to Carlos last week, I don't want to have to rely on a guy's defensive value to prop it up because, you know, that's not an impact tool. And this is a system that needs impact tools. That's they can get at number one. And that's a, a good reason to take Ralphie right is he – could have impact game power versus Noel, who this is where I thought people were going to get upset too. A lot of people are going to point out Noel. Yeah. He's a five o'clock hitter. The dude, I mean, I know he hits home runs in regular seat in the regular game, but it's just very poor contact quality. It's either a home run or it's like a, a very weak pop out or his strikeout numbers aren't terrible, but yeah, it's just not, it's not as, it's not as usable. It's not as effective. I guess he's, he is getting the game He's not going to but... play in the big leagues. Like right now, without massive changes to swing and approach, he is not a big league player. Again, he played in one of the most friendly hitter parks in all of AAA. Mm-hmm. I get he was young for the level, but we've seen so many guys. Like remember how Logan Allen struggled giving up home runs there? Like a lot of guys struggled with pitching down there. And he couldn't even be league average. And it just it's selling out for power. So it's sometimes hard to judge how effective that power is in game. 
because it is only right, yeah. in-game versus effectiveness. That's a great, great point. All right, we got a couple more tools to fill out. We'll see how the rest of the draft goes if we get to anything else. But uh, stick with us as we try to build the best Guardians position player prospect. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. Level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, and exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because it's eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP, win a batting title, a home run title, and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, well, since you took Ralphie's power, I need to go out and get some sort of power out there. Not that you could take more power, but you could take someone else's tool who has power and uh, screw me like you like to do in these drafts sometimes. I so, do. I like to go out of my talking, way to really bone you. Yeah. If we're talking usable power, um, I think I'm going to go with Chase DeLauder. Like, I can't take Manzardo's power, and I think he's going to have usable power. And I could go with Valera. I could go with Rodriguez because they both have usable power. But I think I'm going to go with Chase DeLauder. I think that he's going to get to enough usable power. The exit velocities are, are okay. They're not fantastic. They're okay. Um, but he does have a swing that does hit fly balls. You know, he did hit a lot of fly balls last year. So that makes me think he's going to get to a lot of that. And I guess it's going to depend on how, how much the hit tool. I, I think I'm taking a risk here, but I think I like, I'm going probably more with upside with daughter's power. Yeah. there. I mean, there, there's definitely some risk. We talked about him on the show, how there are people who think he's going to struggle with velocity and how there's some hitch in, in moving pieces. I get that. I kind of intentionally avoid, avoided the lotter because I wasn't sure what trait I liked and which way to go. Uh, so, yeah, fair. you know, a uh, hit tool is still sitting there for me. So I'm going to take a Travis Banzana, uh, second base. <laughs> I went to go type that into my sheet, and I'm like, "Wait, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, I would, I could have easily gone Nick Kurtz for power if we were doing that game. Come on. <laughs> uh, I think at this point in time, I got to take Juan Brito. Uh, come around for hit tool. I, I, I don't know. Is there, is there anyone else after Manzardo and Brito, or aren't those two guys just kind of in their, their separate tier from the rest of the? I mean, we thought Ralphie is maybe close, but I feel like if it's not one, it's the other. And maybe you'd find a way to take Brito for I, and I'd be in real trouble. But yes, I just that was my think next I have pick, to jump. Actually, so. Yeah, I, I feel like I have to take him because, listen, it, there is a world where, listen, Nolan Jones, I just said listen like twice. That's the thing I'm trying to break myself up, and I did like four times in a row. I apologize. <laughs> um, but the, Nolan Jones is going to have some regression. I think he's going to be an everyday player. I think he's going to be a perennial 2020 guy. I do think he's going to get closer to like 220, 210. He's going to be Adam, more athletic, Adam Dunn but a light version, not quite as much power. Like, I'll, I'll go on record. Like, I've been a Nolan Jones defender from the beginning. But there's a world where Cleveland still wins because Brito's hit tool and some sneaky power 
And there was when they made that trade, there was at least four to five people, and I won't out anyone who looked at him and go, "There's some Jose in him." Um, you know, and, and like I said, I won't say any of the people who said that, um, e- even if I might be looking at one right now. Uh, hey, throw that. No, I did say that there. I did say that. That's fair. There, there's a little bit. That's fair. Um, so looking at the system, I feel like he's the only other guy that really stands up there close to Manzardo. So I just wanted to make sure that I got that before uh, while the getting while the getting was good. That's <laughs> was not good. how that expression yeah. goes. Yeah, before things got kind of rough. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have gone with Hit Tool for like Rokio. I feel like that's a, there. There's a decent one there too, but um, yeah, below that because Rokio still is rookie eligible in 2024. Believe it or not, he didn't spend enough time in the major league roster. I'm going to move on to pitch selection because we've done hit and power and. You know, speed defense and, and arm are a little easier to come by because those are the tools that Cleveland does have a lot of in the system. They don't have a lot of the offensive tools, the impact tools. So so pitch selection and plate discipline, we, we made a different category because, like I said, you have guys like uh, – look at Carl Santana. Carl Santana never hit for high average but was a great offensive player for many years because mm-hmm. he had a great eye at the plate. That doesn't mean, you know, a guy who hits 300 is, is not better than him or is better than him. They just go about it different ways. That's why I think it makes sense that you can have – those different results and still be a good offensive player. So this is why we decided to split it out. This is a little controversial. I think for pitch selection and, and plate discipline, because those are a couple different things, but I think I am probably, I mean, I, if Bo Naylor was still uh, an option, obviously Bo Naylor would be the first pick here. I think I'm going to go with George Valera though. George Valera has always had good walk rates. I do think there are some holes in the swing overall that make it easy to, to beat him in some ways, but he's never been much of a guy who chases a ton. Like he is, he generally stays in the zone. I think more of the problems with him are holes in his swing in the zone. So uh, that's a guy I feel confident when, when he gets to the major leagues, I'm sure he'll get a shot soon, but um, he has to, he's got, he's got one option left, but to me, that's a guy that I think will carry strong walk rates, even if it means he's a little passive at times, because we've seen that with Santana and Nolan Jones, and other guys, I think Valera can also be passive at times, and, and Bonaire can be passive at times, but um, I do like the pitch selection aspect of Valera's game to translate. Because it's also um, the, the the Jake Fox issue, right, is the passivity versus, you know, it, it, that's why you can't he, always get that evened out a little bit last year. Yeah, that, that evened out a little bit last year. His Jake Fox's walk rate wasn't as strong as it was a year ago, but I wrote him up the other day too for a profile and I kind of came to the conclusion that I think a lot of guys are getting walk rates inflated at low a because of the elimination of short season ball. So you're getting a lot of pitchers with bad control and experience at low a. So it's inflating some walk rates, but his evened out last year, like his, he, I think he settled in where he's going to be. I don't think it's going to be obviously not as good as it was at low a, but I think it settled into a good spot last year. So if you were going in that direction, I think Fox would be a great pick for that. Honestly. No, well, you know, I think I would go with Mason Bolivar, who had the highest walk to to K ratio in. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> um, at all of sixteen, it's it's an interesting list to look at when you're trying to figure out. And while you know Fox oh, is someone, you know, I, I think uh, the the guy I'm going to take care by all reports, and this might get me in trouble because I'm going to be trusting other people over myself, is Welbin Francisco. That a lot of positive reports from a lot of people I really trust about his eye and his ability to differentiate pitching. And there aren't 
to me too many guys I really like in terms of kind of more of a an eye at the plate. Um, that is one of those things that they they they've gone for so many hitters that are just guys who don't strike out that we haven't seen a lot of guys who walk more. It's more of like, hey, this guy always makes contact. He has a you know ninety percent of the time he's going to hit the like. Last two drafts, every, every, every hitter <laughs> is going to make contact on every pitch and it's not getting out of the infield. And then we wonder why people don't like the minor leagues when I make statements like this, but it has been a specific profile. So there aren't a lot of guys who I look in these minors and I'm like, Oh, this guy could have a really strong um, walk rate. Could, you know, they'll be a Carlos Santana where his value by working counts. And, and that's the other thing. Like the problem with too many contact hitters is you're maybe not work as many counts you're swinging at every pitch you're getting through it quicker so uh i'm gonna go with welbin i'm gonna go a little bit off board let me tell you guys that is if you're listening that is the biggest upset of today's draft if i'm doing this i did not think there was a even a one percent chance if i went to fanduel.com right now slash lockdown to put my bet down i would not be putting a bet on jeff taking anything from a domestic player in terms of being still in the, in, in the DSL. I mean, if the guy was in double, I would expect it, but anybody who played in the DSL last year, if, if you would have told me, yeah, Jeff's going to take one tool from that guy in this draft, I'd have been like, no, I'm going to fanduel.com and I am going to um, not put a bet on that. He won't. You can make some good bets at FanDuel during the NBA season while it's still going on. If you're a new customer get some buckets while you're there america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar bet so go there place a five dollar bet nba nhl college basketball i don't recommend college baseball but uh that's another story especially after last year's uh arkansas debacle that's 150 bucks yeah. so if you if your bet wins for five dollars uh just check in today at the cy young odds on fanduel so uh, Garrett Cole is essentially five to one, 500 plus 500. You have to scroll all the way down to the plus 5,000 for Shane Bieber to be the top guardian. So you can go to, you can go there and put a, a dollar down and win some, some money on Shane Bieber. Um, I was curious, Tanner Bybee is plus 1800. So you could make a nice easy bet there, or you can do a quick bet, live saving game parlay, exclusive props and more with NBA players and teams. Visit Fandle.com slash lockdown to shoot your shot. Fandle, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. I am still flabbergasted that you took anything from Weldon Francisco or any, uh, you know, anything this, from that it's, selection. As much as we complain about power being a weakness, it's like guys who are going to be a little more selective in the zone without being passive is, is also kind of a weakness. Uh, I also do You could have gone wonder, with like... Cooper Engel or Nate Furman, those guys both have shown. Really I don't, good I don't, I don't selection. know. Nate, to me, Nate Furman is a degree of passivity. And then, like, when he moved That's up, true. you know, I felt like that kind of showed that it was more passivity than, than, mm-hmm. uh, than I at the plate. And then the other side of it is, you know, I just, yeah, I thought about Cooper Engel, but we just haven't seen a lot with him. And not that we've seen a ton with, with Welbin. So I decided to trust scouting reports and go against Grain. Uh, I will say, I think it's also interesting. And I wonder how much of it is a degree of us not focused on him as a prospect that when we talked about power, neither of us took Devison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, uh, I think he would be soft- clearly ahead of uh, Noel, even on that list. 
Yeah, very possible. All right, we got the softer, softer skill set at this point. Speed, glove, arm. We also have intangibles mm -hmm. to get to before we run out of time. Uh, speed's pretty straightforward. I don't think this is a really hard one to uh, decipher. I wrote down two names. Yeah. Um, the best runner I saw last year. I mean, Joe Lampy was really fast when I saw him last year. Probably the best runner I saw. I'm going to go Nate Furman. I'm going to go Nate Furman for speed because no, that guy not just one of my motors. two names. All right. Uh, I'm going the, with, uh, I'm going to go with Khalil Watson then. Um, That's a run. One. My, That's my other team. name was Guy Lins Guy Limscombe Jr. was going to be the other one. I was still tempted to take him. Yeah. Um, but those were my two guys right, and I'll go with Watson. That's a good one. I mean, Furman, I, I'm, I am weary of low A stolen bases for the same reason we were weary of a lot of stats at low A. Everything just is, you know, everybody there is very raw. And because of the, of the elimination of the short season ball, guys are a little less skilled when I get there. So a lot of things can get out of control fast. All right. So you threw Khalil Watson. Um, glove's going to be interesting because obviously you got to prioritize what, what position, right? We're probably going to do it by position. Um and if you're not, you're going to take a, a center fielder or a shortstop versus, you know, the best glove at first base. Like I could take Nick Kurtz's glove, right? <laughs> at first base. Um, I'm going to go with Brian Rocchio's glove. I think he still has the best defense in the system overall. Uh, he does play a premium position. There are other guys in the system you could easily take, but Brian Rocchio is still there. Yet nobody, we have not taken him for any of the tools yet. And I still think Rocchio. I mean, Gabilarius to me is still the better defender of the two of them, but obviously he's not a prospect, so he doesn't qualify for this. But uh, I think Rokio is still the best defender that we know of in the system. I, I had another couple other names I could have gone with, but I think Rokio is definitely a surefire defensive shortstop. And the other guy I was thinking of is not. So, so I'm going to go opinion. with uh, the right field version of John Kenzie Newell because <sighs> obviously. Hey, he's a pretty uh, good defender at first base. I'll give you that. First base, he, I mean, again, that's we why I said right field. First not base first. defense. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Petey Halpin, center field. I feel like it's that's a good one. Plus glove in center field. And I don't know if he's going to be more than a fourth outfielder, but I think he's got a good chance to be at least a fourth outfielder. Um, you know, runs well, good glove, good arm. But I think, yeah, I, I think this gets me a plus glove in center field. It definitely does. All right, so I've got arm, and then we, we're going to – I guess we'll probably do intangibles last because that's going to be the hardest one to answer. Yeah, um, the arm – yeah, the arm for me is the easiest one. So throwing arm, uh, George Valera has always had a good throwing arm, but I already took him for plate discipline, so he's off the board. Uh, believe it or not, Jenkins Noel doesn't have a bad arm either, so he's soft if you want to take him. But uh, the best throwing arm I've seen in a long time – this is going to go back some ways. If you are a diehard Cleveland prospect – guy going back a lot of years or gal your girl carlos moncrief yes i was gonna say carlos moncrief easily the best throwing arm system at any given time from the outfield so the second best arm in the time I've, I've been watching guardians prospects from the outfield is jonathan rodriguez neither of us took power from him um great raw power but uh rodriguez has an absolute cannon from right field yeah i was i was he was one of those guys. I, I knew he wouldn't. You were going to grab him, so I was like, "Oh." Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's it's uh, you know, Naquin also had a really good arm. That was kind of one of the things on him. But it was always, I mean, Moncrief. 
was a two-way guy who in a different era might have been actually tried as a, as a two-way guy. And I think after he had, I don't know, I hope he made it to the big leagues with San Francisco. I think he finally got a, a short look. I think he got a game or two, yeah. Yeah. Um you could easily go infield throwing of, arm too. There's there's good infield throwing arms on the on the board still. Yeah, that's what I was debating. It's like, do I take Tana? Is the like is the arm strong enough for outfield? Like that's kind of where I'm going. He's got a strong arm for center field. I think it plays, but I feel like I should go with an outfield arm. Um that's gonna be tough. It is. That's the problem. It's like there is not a stellar choice left out there. So I think instead uh, it's either that, or I, I go with guy Lincecum and uh, go with Watson's arm. So, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you could have had Petey's arm. Petey's got a great arm. Yeah. I like Connor yeah, Cox's it... arm a little bit. And guy that's kind of completely falling apart was Alexi Planez. He also had a good arm at yeah. one time too. I think he was the know... original Jonathan Rodriguez. I think I'll just go with uh, Jose Tena. And it's like, you know, I know the arm is strong. He could transition to an outfield. It's it's a little bit of a weird combo. Or, you know, never mind. I'll take Jason Churio. Like, I know Churio's got a relatively strong arm. I'll go with another guy. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm going to kill you, literally. Because <laughs> I was going to take him for intangibles. Uh, oh, so sorry. you're just taking him off my board for my next tool, our last tool. We're talking about intangibles. I, 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 uh, then I'm extra. I got my my hose job <laughs> in. I did it. I did it. I did it. Yay! Last. I, I was gonna. I was gonna take. I was gonna take him because of bloodlines. That matters in terms of intangibles. I've also heard great things about the work ethic there too. All that stuff does paddle in. Um, I, you know, I Nate Furman's a dude I know that I really like makeup wise. I've talked to him a ton. I really like him. Um, God, this makes it so much harder. You this is really, the hard thing. I was, like, you know, we talked. I, I talked didn't think you were taking for anything. Well, I, I almost took him for running speed too. Um, yeah, you know, it's like for a long time, it's like Will Benson was the go-to for this. I'm not speaking of strong arms in the outfield, but there's yeah, been a lot no, of guys where we know that you know have like that 80 grade work ethic, and we're seeing, you know, again, like. Uh, I know Nick Kurtz's family follows me. I, I'm not going to be upset if Cleveland drafts him. I want to make that clear. Like to me, it's a top two yeah. draft, but like one of those, it, I, and Nick Kurtz could be a heck of a worker, but just all the examples I've heard. And I'm sure he is to be as good as he is, but, but, but saying, I like the tools plus work ethic makes me think that guy is, is so safe. Um, um, I'm going to go off the board a little bit here. And this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Donovan, the backup. He's a backup catcher. This okay. that should be a popular category to take an intangibles guy from in terms of work ethic, makeup, and character, because the pitchers love Joe Donovan. I've heard every pitcher in the system rave about throwing to him, and I think he is a future coach. No disrespect, to Joe, great dude, um, quality quality defender, but uh, pitchers love him. The coaches love him. He just screams future coach, and I think the work ethic and the intangibles and the character that go into makeup. Uh, make a lot of sense there, but you know, backup catcher. So I, I think I just made it giving you an idea of who to take, but I've talked to Joe personally. I haven't talked to the other guy I was thinking of. Um, so I was just kind of going through, you know, that you talk about the bloodline guys. There was someone like Milan Tolentino, who is a bloodline guy. He's had a lot of family in and around the game. There's, you know, a lot of there players. There's a uh, Corey Holland. whose dad was a hitting coach. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys who have gone through um, who do have ties to coaching and the like, and it, it, you don't have to be, the son of a coach to make yourself a uh, just helps, better right? player. Can I, can I take Tanner Bybee here? Intangible son of a coach. Nope. Position uh, player only and prospects only. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go catcher as well. I know we're running out of time. I'm going to go with Cody Huff, the 
the oh, recent addition. That's not who I thought you were going with. Um, by all accounts, one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, and a guy who has worked very hard. Uh, very positive reports on him as a human being from the mo- like. <laughs> You know, a guy's got limited tools when it's all about like how good he made, how well he's liked, like all uh, what all you get is like off the field stuff. Like, just know that matters it, in terms limited of this, tools. This category, yeah. Um, but let yeah. us know what the best prospect, let us know who built the best prospect, and uh, we'll post that on, on Twitter and we'll post it on, on YouTube as well for you to comment. You should let them know. Uh, I, people are gonna be like, who I, did Justin think he was gonna take? I think you were gonna take Johnny Tincher. Oh, yeah, that's a good call as I well. You were the, uh, the back flipping machine. Yeah, he's that's it's a good right, call. Well, he just, yeah, uh, we're hoping to do some more. You know, we're we're lining him up to talk about uh, some some go some guests. We have a lot coming up this week, so make sure you are ter- tuned in between spring training interviews. We got you covered on all things guardians and go, go, guardians, go. 